You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him! Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew! Ew! Sadness is in the house! Oh no! Hello! I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. What the flip is up, goaters? It's your boy Lurk. The podcast is back. Did you miss us? Because we missed you, that's for damn sure. We want to apologize for the delay. We've had computer issues, technical issues. We couldn't export audio, couldn't export video, putting the podcast at a standstill. However, we have rectified all those issues. We got a PC dedicated strictly for the podcast now. So now we should be cranking them out, being way more consistent. Speaking of consistency, we're going to have someone else, you know, kind of making sure we're doing what we should be doing, cranking out episodes. So shout out to Sound Talent Media for taking us on. We are now part of their podcast network. They're going to help us grow and get better guests, get more guests, just, you know, benefit the podcast overall. We greatly appreciate Sound Talent Media. And sorry, boys, it's taken us so long to get an episode out. But now we're getting it and we're cranking it. Don't forget to visit lambgoat.com for all your metal and hardcore news updates, interviews, reviews, and such like that. And if you're feeling testy, why don't you venture over to that message board? You can follow Lambgoat on Twitter and Instagram at Lambgoat. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at VanFlipPodcast. Let me know what you think of the show. Let me know who I should have on the show. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at LurkCity. Come check out dog pics and my loser tweets. On this episode of the podcast, we were lucky enough to get Ben Kohler. Ben has been in the scene for a long time. He's been in a lot of projects and a lot of bands. Most notably, he's been in Converge, Cave-In. He is a member of Mutoid Man. He is a member of Killer Be Killed, which is a super group, which uh, just released an album, so go ahead and check that out. And he's been in a long list of bands, too long really to name altogether, but it's a very great podcast, interesting guy, cool dude. And we hope to see him on the road very soon, just like we hope to see a lot of all these people on the road very soon. So check out the podcast. Here we go. Oh, yeah, what's this? I feel this. Oh, yeah, this is stuff. Lamb Goat presents the Van Flip Podcast. Well, now I can finally say welcome back to the Van Flip Podcast because it seems like it's been a while. Actually, it's kind of been like two months. I would assume that since we've kind of uploaded an episode and I... We should probably clarify why that has been. Uh, we kind of ran into some old iMac desktop issues. My Mac, unfortunately, is like 10 years old and decided during this latest update it was no longer going to export audio or video, so that kind of put a hindrance on the episodes and the production of the podcast and stuff like that. So Alex and I kind of joined forces and kind of got a dedicated computer that's strictly just for the podcast, so... Um, that is a benefit and a bonus that we can, you know, definitely cherish for years to come. The other big piece of information would be we are now a part of the Sound Talent Media uh, podcast network. This will be the first podcast really we release on there. So uh, we we see big things with them. And uh, obviously that is something that will keep us being pushed to be more consistent. So, uh, you know, things like th- this drought doesn't happen again, even though I feel like we've said that before. Anyway, back, not back to, but on to the actual important shit going on here. Uh, we are lucky enough to finally uh, finally link up with Ben here. Ben Collar of uh, Kohler? Collar? Kohler. Kohler? Yeah. Um, ben has been a part of the music scene since, you know, as long as I can possibly remember. You were the drummer of Converge, but you've also moonlighted in a handful of other bands, United Nations, Cave In. Uh, uh, Mutoids Man is another one of your projects and currently you have um, Killer Be Killed is coming out with an album All Pigs this Must Die All Pigs Must Die, yeah uh, and I'm sure you do endless studio work uh, as well that you're not really credited for on Wikipedia or anything like that He was on the new Taylor Swift album I'm pretty sure Yeah, yeah. I just made that up Yep, yep, Taylor Swift, Miley Cyrus, yep, all the stars <laughs> and, 
Ed Sheeran. I, I played on that song. We ripped off Marvin Gaye and got sued for like $20 million. That, yeah. I knew that. As soon as I heard it, I was like, this is Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's my feel. You know my feel very well. That's the Dark Horse feel. Good to be here, guys. I love Lamb Goat. I've always been a Lamb Goat fan since I don't even remember when, like 20 years or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Not long after. Well, actually, probably shortly after you joined Converge. Was that 99? Yeah, that maybe. Crazy. 98, yeah. 99. Yeah, is that when you started around there? Yeah, like late 99. But it wasn't like I'm just going to launch this music website and that'll be it. It was more like I was starting a career in web development and computers and just needed some sort of living, breathing hobby project. And I launched a music site. And yeah, slowly and then rapidly, it at least grew in the hardcore scene because there was nothing else at that time. Certainly nothing that was updated daily. Uh, it's hard for the youth to remember what the internet was like in the <laughs> late 90s, but it was like you'd go to a page once a week and hope there'd be an update. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there was all the AOL stuff. There was like the AOL hardcore chat room and punk chat room. And then you had your buddy list. Uh, and then I remember. It was a yeah. Death Wish test board that I kind of liked called Death Talk. That was yeah. like a, they, they were an early uh, early message board, Death but yeah, there wasn't really a lot. Yeah, it's, trust it's, kill message board. Bridge I nine, never, bridge nine I, had one that was big. I heard I heard about the bridge nine board. I was never a participant, but um, yeah, I mostly just liked lurking, not really commenting and participating. More just like reading all the crazy comments that people <laughs> make. It definitely it got a crazy. Wise move. Yeah, it it's a real waste crazy. of time. In any case, uh, where the hell did we start? I mean, um, should we just... Oh, you were... So anyway, I appreciate that. And as I said to you uh, before I joined the call, uh, or before we started recording, I do apologize. I know there's like a lot of shitty people that have gone to the site over the years, and some of it's in jest, but I know you know everybody's human, so you read certain things, and it, it sucks. And so I was reading over the comments for your... Uh, broken elbow thing today i'm <laughs> just like man some of these are harsh <laughs> can't catch a break i had the pleasure but i i consider it a rite of passage to be uh skewered on lamb goat so maybe i'll have to go back and and, and read and read some of it but yeah no, i mean i don't tell myself that it's like it's 15 and 16 year old kids that that's what i tell myself i'm like i was a complete moron when i was 16 so that's true chat away and when you're when you're anonymous you just it just comes out of you for some reason. <laughs> yes. Well, it's it's a difficult thing for me because some people get pissed. And it's like, <laughs> you know, Jake would always tell me, um, Bannon, he'd just be like, oh, I like the site. I like what you guys do. But I can hate the people who post on your site. You got to shut that, you know, comments down, this or that. So <laughs> it's kind of like, on one hand, he liked Lamgo, but the other hand, he hated Lamgo. And I think that's kind of, common uh or, or was until i you know killed the uh the news comments at least um but i've had certain people be like don't don't post about our band because i don't want to read like i can't resist reading comments but i don't want to read them so just do me a favor and don't post about us and it's like you know, sorry but it's consistent i mean at like there's no there's never comments that don't have at least one like i hope you die comment so it kind of levels true. it kind of levels the playing fields you know it's just it's just just what happens. Well, that's a lot, true. And, a lot and of you, people and you get, know you're somebody when you really get, you know, shit on. Yeah. Any, you know, <laughs> dozens of comments. Any press is good press, right? Yeah. That's and right. a lot of people are saying good comments, but in the end, you know, we'll just say like, I hope you die. Or like where we got the title of the podcast, Van Flip or, or something like that. So, you know. That's true. You got to take the good with Spe- the bad. Speaking of Van Flips, well, not Van Flips, but uh, shows. When was the last time Converge played a show? Oh fuck! Yeah. It's been over a year. It's been over a year since I played live. Um, I, we did like two punk shows with our friends in uh, Drop Dead. This was, yeah. uh, I think, August or September of okay. last year. So yeah, it's been it's been over a year since I played live. And then you know, right after we played those shows, uh, my third child was being born. So I decided I was going to take some paternity leave. So I just decided after that, like I'm going to take the rest of the year off. And then beginning of next year, start get shit rolling again and, you know, do a whole bunch of tours and, you know, get the machine going. And unfortunately, like literally two days before I was leaving for South America, 
to, you know, go on tour with Converge. Um, that's when the pandemic hit. I was, it was two days away and, uh, and then they canceled, then they canceled everything. Yeah. So it's, it, it's been rough. It was like a, it was like a hiatus on top of a break on top of another break, you know, cause I li- literally break cause I broke my elbow and then I couldn't play after that and then got back into it and then took paternity leave and then the pandemic. So yeah, I'm, I'm jonesing for a show, man. I'm jonesing hard. Who do you have to it's, talk to in the uh, band world HR wise to get maternity leave? In a band. Uh, that's the that's the beauty of being your own boss. <laughs> I report yeah. to no one but... Yeah, well, congrats on... Well, it's not new, but three kids, yeah. I got more than that, and I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. How many do you... Uh, I'm not sure. I think five. Oh, that's Yeah, that's too many. Let me, yeah, let me check my roster. Three, Actually, three. one of my kids' names uh, is Ben. Uh, I didn't name him after you, but for the purposes of, the po- of this podcast, I'll pretend I named him after you. So thank you. You've been an inspiration. What, what an honor. Thank As you. you can tell, he's a huge Converge fan. He's from that area, you know, New England area. He's got that Jane Doe poster again in the background. Uh, so, you know, he's steady repping. Yeah. My third child, my daughter, Jane Doe, uh, <laughs> Arnold. Again, I didn't have nothing to do with Converge, um, but yeah. Jake. Keep it down. <laughs> Sorry. He and Nate are playing. I, I can't stop these guys. Anyway. Uh, it's been that? a crazy year. That's for sure. Yeah. This year sucks. Everybody yeah. knows it. Um, but it must really suck for, you know, professional musicians like yourself. Uh, well, so definitely feel for you there. Um, yeah. What do you – I'm not even sure I was thinking about this. So you've got, you know, roughly four bands you're – a part of some more active than others. Obviously you've got the killer be killed thing going on right now. Do you have like another gig when you're not doing the music thing? Like Ben Kohler's bagel or something? <laughs> no, but you know, I, you know, a lot of the bands have been doing, you know, a little stuff here and there. Um, like with two minutes to late night, we've been doing a lot of the quarantine covers. That's been really fun and, and helpful just to, you know, keep some kind of creative fire alive and, um, actually I've been playing a lot of poker online and a little bit live and making a little extra money from that. But, um, yeah, You're actually I, winning. Yeah. Actually, actually winning. I'm like a slightly better than break even player. So it's, yeah, it's good. But, um, mostly, uh, you know, just trying to focus on some band stuff for a little bit of inspiration and, you know, Con- Converge has a lot of new stuff brewing. Mutoid man's got a bunch of new songs ready to go. Uh, the Killer Be Killed record is what I'm most excited about now because that comes out Friday, and just the you know the excitement and 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 the hype around it has been you know unlike any album I've ever been involved in, and it's probably the most exciting record I've ever been involved in. Um, really, and so that's that that's at least one really nice thing to look forward to now through all of this. You know, try to focus on the good. You know, sure. Well, why do you why do you say it's the most exciting? Um, cause it's, uh, it, it's, it's a band with, um, some of my heroes and, and, and good, and good friends of mine. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't know what would happen with this band when I, I filled in for some shows about five years ago and, um, you know, didn't know if anything was going to come of this. And turns out we just, we get along really well personally and musically and decided that we really wanted to do an album eventually when we could. And just over the years we've been getting together just when, you know, when there, we all have gaps in our calendars we'll all fly out to, you know, LA or fly out to Phoenix or wherever and, and jam and write songs. And it finally, finally culminated and finally came together. And the record's finally done like, like five years later. Yeah. So I'm really stoked. Well, I'm so happy. Yeah. And out. Yeah. I'll bet that must be pretty wild to, uh, you know, cause when I was young, I was a huge Sepultura fan and like how intimidating was that first, that first gig I know you said you were <laughs> filling in, but to play like for Max, that must have been kind of a mind fuck. Oh, I, I mean, before before I actually got to the first rehearsal, I was I was really nervous. I was like, I was really over prepared, but I didn't realize that at the time um, because I just thought like I was gonna fucking blow it, and you know, I suck. You know, t- typical self hating drummer stuff. But then when I finally got to rehearsals and started hanging out, it was it was so it was so chill. Everyone was just so like nice and respectful of each other, and Max is actually one of the sweetest people I've ever met in my entire life. So that, that helped a lot. And it, it, it turns out I was, pro- I was probably the most prepared 
out of everyone. Everyone's like, how's this fucking song go? And I'm like, like, it's like this. And so immediately the nerves were squashed, but yeah, it's, it's, it was definitely intimidating, you know, cause I'm such, I'm also such a Mastodon fan and such a Dillinger fan. Well, that's know. true. I don't, I don't mean to, to, uh, diminish them, but you know, Sepultura for any person who's probably 35 or older, you know, a metal fan that's, that's on in a different, uh, you know, it's on a different level than as much as I love Mastodon and DP. But no, uh, I, I totally agree. Like, when how I do you even go into that? Uh, you know, as far as stylistically, is it like I'm gonna try and do a Sepultura thing, or am I just gonna do balls out Converge style? Well, it's totally different than I, I would say. Like Killer Be Killed is kind of your most I don't want to say mainstream is sounding because it doesn't sound mainstream at all, but out of the wild bands that you've been a part of, this is kind of like your biggest rock style band. And I hate saying rock style because there's definitely a good bit of like hardcore and metal influences thrown within the whole uh, mix of the new stuff, at least. Uh, and I guess we could only really talk about the new stuff because you're a part of the new stuff in the last five years. So uh, this album is basically the first release since you joined the band, correct? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, right, so, when you yeah. came in, you were just, you know, you were playing what had already been done. So I guess that that relieved, that uh, alleviates some of the pressure. And that's probably why you said you were overprepared. You probably knew those songs, you know, forward and back. Yeah, and I was and I was still super nervous. But yeah, the first per, first tour was just learning the first album songs. We didn't have anything, anything new. And, uh, you know, once we started jamming after all that was over, that's when we really started to sort of get a feel for each other. And that's when we knew that the musical chemistry was totally there. And there were elements of, you know, Mastodon, Converge, other bands, whatever. But it was de- it was definitely apparent right away that this was its own thing. And um, it, it, do- it does have rock moments for sure. But, uh, you know, it's, it's all the rock that, that we're into, you know, like a lot of ni- lot, lot of 90s kind of influence in some of these songs. Like we're, you know, we were listening to a lot of, you know, Soundgarden and Alice in Chains and Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, yeah it's got that alternative kind of vibe. Too. I hate saying rock, but that's like a a general blanket to throw on it, I guess horrible as it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's certainly more rock than, you know, than like, you know, band like, like Converge, although, you know, Converge has rock moments here Mm -hmm. and there too, but yeah, there's a lot less like, uh, play as much as I can, as fast as I can in this, uh, three minutes of music, (laughs) you know, not as much like overplaying and like, uh, you know, mathematical computations. So do you, uh, so this album, what would you say your input was, writing wise or you know does max or um the other guys come in and say play this or is it just you know up to you obviously every band works differently no completely the opposite you know with this band um we really did you know 99 percent of the 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 songwriting was all four of us in a room together and that's just how it worked best for us you know every band has their own different little process some bands have main songwriter they send the riffs they send an assembled song everyone learns it whatever but uh with with kbk it was very much about all four of us being in the room together and arranging everything together you know equal input so it was it was really cool and organic in that way nice well how how with converge what's the how does the process differ is kurt you know bringing Uh, in everything no i mean actually every 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 song is different. Like uh, the last record, "The Dusk in Us," for example, um, it every 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 song came together differently. You know, sometimes Kurt would have a couple riffs. Other days, uh, you know, Nate Nate would have an idea or a riff, like an overall vibe. Other days, you know, uh, you know, Jake would bring in riffs. I would bring in uh, you know drum drum riffs and <laughs> write songs around that. So it, yeah, every every song's kind of different. You know, we don't really have like one specific process where it's like okay here's here's my arrangement here are my riffs it's um it, it's it's very much uh uh e- an equal equal share of all of our input as well i've always kind of uh uh i guess appreciated that awkward uh, place for a drummer um uh, when because as you've uh, stated you know a bassist can come in with a melody or a riff as can a guitarist but a drummer it's you know there you can obviously create a memorable drum beat but for the most part it's it's not a riff uh so some drummers play guitar um you know i guess uh, charlie from anthrax writes a lot of their stuff and is quite an adept guitar player 
Do you play guitar? Do oh. you play other instruments? I do play a little guitar. Yeah, I've I've, I've written a, cu- a couple riffs here and there for uh, for for like Mutoid Man in the past, but no, mostly I mostly deal in the the drum riffs, lead drums, um, arrange you know the arrangement aspects, stuff like that, and you know occasionally you know you know don't don't do the blah, 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 do like da, 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 you know do eighth notes right. instead of sixteenth notes and <laughs> well you know s- slow this down. Oh, this sounds this sounds a little too dark. Can it be happier or vice versa or you know, uh, you know, make this 20 BPMs faster, you know, that, that, that kind of arrangement type nonsense. The last thing so you kind of need in that band is another guitar player. Anyway, uh, I think Greg is also pulling a little guitar work, uh, and front manning, uh, if I was, if I'm not mistaken, but is he going to be playing a lot more on like live on this, whenever we get around to that, is he, does he offer a lot more up uh, guitar wise on this album than previously? Or would you know that? Yeah, you know, from from what I understand, the the first KBK record was um, was mostly or all Max on guitar, and on this record, uh, Greg brought so much to the table guitar wise. You know, I remember uh, the first time I jammed with him it was just him and I, and you know, I'd never really never really played with him, just him on guitar, and uh, you know, his 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 writing and his and his ear. Um, I, I was I was really impressed by his guitar playing, and he did play a lot on this record. And I was playing leads. He's playing rhythm. Yeah, his his guitar is all over this record. So I was I was really impressed by that. So we might have to get um maybe a third guitarist for for live shows so he can you know throw the guitar and and you know go do his thing go like yell at people in the crowd. Max yeah, as well. Yeah. I mean, Max gets so excited he just likes to you know put his guitar down and just and just scream. So we might need a third guitarist to to pick up the slack. Well, you uh, you traveled. Uh, you toured with one. Oh, I right? think you froze. You oh, frozen? Oh oh oh. We're not frozen oh, no. on our end. Are you gone? Are no. you back? Can you hear me? We're here. Hello. Okay, I hear you now. Yeah, you, you <laughs> guys right. went. Did I go away for a bit? Nope. Maybe you did. I I didn't notice a change. Um, but who knows? Three people, you know, it can get a little dicey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So, did you get to preview any of Greg's solo stuff while you were jamming the last year? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, and actually, you played on some of it, right? I did. I played on one song, and actually, that was originally going to be a KBK song, and we we thought we had a cohesive record without it. And so, uh, Greg was able to take the the drums and uh, put put that song on a solo record. The song Roachis off of that album. That, yeah, that, that, his uh, album's pretty. Chris, that album's really good, actually. But it's yeah, something it I didn't absolutely. I didn't expect that style of record to be honest with you. But it was really. Really fucking good. Yeah, great. Uh, Chris, Chris Hornbrook played on a bunch of tracks. Um, we've actually had him on this um, podcast before. But what's your uh, what are your thoughts on Chris? I guess you got you know Poison the Well and Converge were sort of dancing in the same circles for years. There, uh, are you you know him quite well, or it's just, he's just uh, another? No, I mean, the- I, I've I've run into him here and there, you know, on the road, but um. You know, I I did. I remember liking a couple Poison the Well tunes back back in the day, but you know, it's funny. Like back then, when you know everyone in Converge was in their early twenties, we were so we were so competitive with other bands. And like when when younger bands came along, we just we <laughs> we, we totally had this like oh we'll fucking fucking whatever. Like we were like really competitive. You know, it's like just like just young and, and you know angry and you know we just we just wanted to like blow everyone off the stage if we could you know we were so competitive which seems really silly in retrospect but you know i feel like that's, well, just, that's, that's that was part most of the, of the scene that was like most of the scene i feel like <laughs> most in the younger days i guess it felt like that to me as well plus yeah. you're in converge so you guys you know sort of converge was always one of those bands that was just uh, i don't want to say untouchable but Again, you know, compared to a lot of the bands of the scene, it was just, you know, there were these bands and there was Converge that you guys had a reputation and, uh, you know, you were kind of uh, the flag bearers, the trendsetters, whatever you want to call it. So I could definitely see how you guys would sort of have this attitude, at least back then, that would be like, hey, you know, we're top of the uh, underground metalcore heap. So, you know, you got to earn our respect. No, I mean even even with bands 
that should have been our peers. You know, like like even with uh, you know the Dillinger Escape Plan. You know, I remember playing multiple festivals, and it was like they would play, and then we would play, or or vice versa. And I remember that there was just sort of this unspoken like competition, like oh, we got to be we got to be real good. We got to we got to fucking beat them. You know, we we got to win. And and which was unfortunate because uh, you know before I joined Converge, I remember when Calculating Infinity came out. It's still one of my favorite records, you know, in that in that style. And I was like, but I but I love Dillinger. Why do we have to fight them? Yeah. <laughs> wow, Chris Penny. What whatever happened to Chris Penny? Um, I don't know. He's been in a he couple. He's an awesome drummer. Right? Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I don't really know him very well either. You know, we've run run into each other here and there, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen him in years. But yeah, like what after a, after he left Co Coheed? Yeah, Coheed, and you know. I heard anything. I actually drama. looked him up not long ago. I think uh, I'm doing it again because I, I I think I was kind of like surprised by what what he's been doing. But continue until I find it. <laughs> he's off. He's off googling. Oh uh, no! I was just gonna say that you know the, the the drum shit on calculating infinity. I still go back to that. I'm like, what is happening? It's like it's so create. It was so new and creative and. It was so loose, like in a good way, uh, you know, like they left all the mistakes in there and the t- weird time changes. And it was just so like so fucking energetic and so fun and memorable and really challenging to try to figure out. I mean, I still can't figure out a lot of that shit, you know? Yeah, no doubt uh, that uh, you started playing drums. I think I read I don't know how often you review your Wikipedia. Maybe you go in there and edit it for accuracy. But I said, no, I said you started <laughs> Said you started playing drums, I think at fourteen. Yeah, Is that yeah. accurate? I have no idea who edits that. Maybe it's like my mom or something. Like I have no, <laughs> I have no idea. But Dad it's weird. loves his mother. <laughs> there. When something new comes out, it's like. <laughs> yeah. But no, um, I started playing like in it was like eighth grade. I think it's like thir- like thirteen. So at you that know. point, what were some of your, um, your drumming inspirations? Oh, I mean, all, all all kinds of shit. I was I was way into Metallica and Pantera and and that whole kind of metal world, you know, Sep- Sep- Sepultura, obviously Megadeth, all those bands. So it was that, and then when I discovered, you know, punk rock and hardcore, then I was all in for that kind of stuff, and it was all about like you know all the like fat record pop punk bands and uh, you know like the like street punk bands, you know, like uh, like the unseen and showcase showdown and that kind of like, you know, gutter, gutter punk kind of shit. And then, yeah. and then I discovered like integrity and like really heavy hardcore bands. And I was all about that. So I, I was, I was like full on, you know, only punk and hardcore for like a little blank. Okay. <laughs> and also, you know, local bands where I grew up on Cape Cod as well, you know, good, good bands, horrible bands. I loved all of it. And so a lot of it came from just going to like local shows and you know, watching watching drummers from all the bands, like in the like in the local scene. Now, as you've gotten older and obviously matured in plenty of ways, I mean, from a drumming perspective, do you then yeah, at some point go back and say, "All right, I've got to pay homage to some of uh, you know Neil Peart and and uh, um, you know Tim Alexander and and be going big, you know, going bigger with John Bonham and just sort of revisiting what are considered to be some of the most uh, iconic drummers, or is that something that just doesn't interest you? Yeah, do you um, want to copy that snare sound from Lars? <laughs> I wasn't well, talking about Lars as an well, iconic drummer, but <laughs> if, if you're talking about if you're talking about the Black Album snare, then yes, because I was able on this KBK record, I was able to borrow um, the same model snare that Lars used on the Black Album. And wow. I I was so pumped to get my hands on that. It sounds fucking great. But um, yeah, st- not the Stanger snare. No, no way. <laughs> Speaking of what, to follow up with that Chris Penny thing, he actually yeah. is, oh. he actually is on Greg's album, two songs. So that's the latest thing he's done. You know, yeah. I probably wrote about that, and I've since forgotten. Create but a that's God not and a fire for water. Okay. Well. That's still not. I'd like to know what he's doing professionally, drummer wise. I think he's a studio like, guy. It seems like his discography leading up to this year is mostly like um, studio work or something like that. But he's not in a group. He does, you know what I mean? It still says Coheed. Gotcha. But he's not in Coheed. Hey, 
whatever pays I'm not, the bills. I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. Do you do um, any session work? Not so much, you know, hey, guest on my hardcore track, but more like I need a professional drummer. You know, not, I mean, not so much. Uh, like I'll, I'll do things here and there. Like I played on uh, the armed um, only love. That was kind of like a, like a, you know, drummer for hire kind of gig. Um, but not, yeah, not, not usually. I'm usually so busy with all the other bands that I, I don't, I don't really have time to, to do that kind of stuff. And, you know, okay. I'm, I feel like I'm more of a, like a band drummer. Like I really need to be in a band. Like I need to be in a unit, you know, like just sh- like kind of showing up and, you know, playing something on a page or, or, you know, uh, you know, something more like pop, but like, I've just never, I've never really gravitated towards that. Although, you know, I am open to it because I just like to play whatever, you know, since I started playing, I, I love playing jazz. I love playing in, you know, classical, um, orchestral band and, and, uh, you know, punk bands and, and just the whole spectrum. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely, I'd definitely be open to it. Just, you know, nothing like that has sort of come my way. I'm just so busy with everything else I have. Were, yeah. you, a, were oh. you a band nerd in school? Oh, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, I was a band nerd. Drumline, obviously. When I was in high school, I was in guitar class, jazz band, pep band, elite jazz band, Ooh. concert band, and I went to band camp two years in a row. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fuck, band camp. Were you lead and snare? It, Is that what you're... What's that? Were you lead snare or were you like third bass drum guy? Who cares about that? I want to know about band camp, man. What happens at band camp? Uh, it's not all American Pie type stuff, Alex. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I wasn't, I wasn't, um, you know, outgoing enough to have any crazy experiences. But it, it was, it was really fun, and it was just a lot of like, you know, a lot of just reading music and and rehearsals, and you know, hanging out in the dorm room, eating a bunch of Sour Patch Kids, you know, that 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 kind of shit. But yeah, that's I mean, exciting. I was just I, I would, like anything music related. That's all I really cared about. You know, I wanted to play in bands with my friends and then play music at school and then listen to music when I wasn't doing that. Just, it was just music, music all the time. That's cool. Well, how many of your, uh, your peers, I guess more so in the metalcore, hardcore world, how many of those drummers can actually read music? Um, I don't know. Are you like, are you like a unicorn in that regard? Or? I mean, if, if I tried to read music now, it would probably not go very well. Okay. Like, you know, when I first started, I was, I, w- I was all about it, and I-, I think I was getting pretty good at it. Like I could sight read, um, like these orchestral pieces, um, and, and you know play along with the with, with the you know rest of the musicians. But if I tried to do it now, I don't think it would go very well. Yeah, well, yeah, I get that. I can't, I can't read shit. I mean, I play, I dabble in drums, more of a guitarist, but I could never tablature. I can read. That's about it. Yeah, but it- I always was so jealous of people. You could put a whole, you know. Uh, arrangement in front of them and they'll just whip it out and whatever instrument they play yeah it, it's also much easier easier to read drum music too because you're, you're not dealing with the notes it's just like you know uh cymbals are up here and then the next line's crack tom then snare then kick drum then uh floor tom you know it's it's not really as That's complex true. as you know, the whole, the i would whole, think uh, it's the opposite I, th- I thought it would be harder because i could i was also a band nerd in middle and high school too so like i got to the point where i could re- i was a trumpet player it was a dumb move, but whatever. Um, I could get to read that stuff, but then even now when I'm watching, like, because I'll watch a bunch of drum cover stuff, a bunch of drums, you know, videos on YouTube and all that kind of content, but I'll watch some guys drum along to, like, sheet music, and it is just, it's mind-boggling because it's not, it's not what I was used to reading, like, 25 years ago or whatever. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I just... I just fully lost interest and, you know, I, all I wanted to do was just play, play songs and bands. You know, that was what, that was what I really wanted to do and, and go on tour. You know, so I like the more, um, you know, st- study of music, music theory stuff kind of fell by the wayside. As I was hoping does. you'd say that, I was hoping you'd say that like Kurt brings in, you know, just sheet music and puts it down and with his glass of wine and let's <laughs> just play it. But damn. yeah, no, far, far, far from it. All right. So where are you now? I mean, I know you're at home, but like where? Where do you live right now? I moved um, back to Los Angeles last August. And okay. yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm still here in Los Angeles, uh, wet, you know, weathering the storm. Do you regret that at all? No, absolutely not. I mean, when, 
you know, when, when I first moved back, everything started going great, you know, going to shows and seeing friends and, you know, some cool, some cool new opportunities. And, and then the goddamn COVID hit. Yeah. And you guys, I know you guys out there are definitely like way more locked down than like, uh, probably even Alex's current. He lives in, uh, the Philadelphia area and I live in Florida and, um, I would say for the most part, Florida has been almost wide open, uh, you know, most of the time, uh, they just started kind of getting shows back here. Uh, not that long ago. Um, I actually went to a show that had like 500 people at it. And what? Yeah. It was kind of crazy this past weekend. It was like a DJ type show. Um, I mean, I had my mask on the entire time and I was off to the side and it was outdoors. So that was kind of good, but yeah, it was crazy. It was like 400 plus people or something like that. And, um, it felt cool, but also at the same time, it felt like, Oh, this is, not right. <laughs> so you're one of those problem people out and going to concerts. Well, if you ever make I mean, fun of on Twitter, was yeah. trapped no, 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 unfortunately <laughs> not. Uh, unfortunately not. But he's also, he's also a fan of the podcast. So, you know, <laughs> but, uh, Oh yeah, we had him on. Yeah, we did have him on. Um, God, we should have him back on. It'd be a crazier time now that Trump's lost and all wow. that other stuff. I think I've really pissed him off on Twitter with, uh, you know, countering a lot of his political stuff. So I don't know that he'll, as long as he hasn't banned you or uh, not banned you, but blocked that's you, true. I think you're still in good graces. But uh, yeah, Florida's all, I mean, like that's the, that's the difference about, I, I guess, like the entire country is so different. Like Alex's situation is different than mine. Art, we're like basically almost wide open. Uh, shows are still limited capacity. Like the show I was at was a limited capacity show. However, the capacity was large enough for them to have X amount of people involved. And, um, but I, I would assume out in California, it seems like everyone's way more worried about the, you know, pandemic, even eight, nine months in. So it just, I was wondering if you kind of regretted moving out there because you don't have, uh, you know, the, I don't want to say freedoms as everyone else, but you know, the tyrannical government. <laughs> Like I, I, I definitely don't regret coming back out here. You know, there's no way of, of us knowing what would happen. And, you know, I haven't, I haven't totally given up on LA yet. You know, I'm still just weathering the storm and obviously, you know, we, we have our problems here, but I think they're, they're way overblown, you know, on, on the internet. You know, I still, I still enjoy, enjoy going out and, you know, hiking and, you know, going to the playground or whatever. And, and, you know, I go food shopping and, you know, I've, I've been to Vegas a couple times. Um, you know, I went to, I went to Phoenix to record some stuff with KBK to do some video shoots. And, you know, I just think as, as, as long as people are doing things safely, I mean, I, I just don't, I don't really see the problem with, with wearing masks. I just don't get why people can't just fucking wear the mask. I mean, you know, I, like I was, I was reading about, um, you know, there's some article about how there were 700 cases of, COVID from people who visited Las Vegas since like April. And I was like, wait, like, is that supposed to be scary? Like there've been 4 million people in and out of there. Yeah. And 700 got COVID. Like, isn't that really good? Like, like those are good fucking odds. And it's because the, the mask enforcement is really strict. And so you go into a casino, everyone's got a mask. And if someone takes their mask off, there's someone that comes out of the, you know, come out of the woodwork and they say, put your, put your mask on and everyone sort of obeys. And, I, it, I just wonder, like, if, if everyone just got on board, you know, unified and just said, okay, this is just how it is now. Like, I just have to wear a mask wherever I go. Just, I want, I want, just, I wonder what that would be like. But unfortunately, that, that can't happen in this no. country now. And it's really. Half the population is just, you know, whatever. I can't. Just spending an hour on Twitter, you know, reading. And it's so clear that, you know, half the country is just totally against masks. There, there's arguments today about the efficacy of masks, people who just flat out deny any efficacy whatsoever. Um, it's, you know, it's just part of government control. It's just, uh, you know, the slippery slope. This is the first step till they can totally control your lives. And it's just, we can't function as a country, uh, because it's always half of the country disagrees with the other half is, you know, obvious by the, the whole election thing. And we're still at that point now, forget about masks. We're at that point with the president of the United States, you know, it's either people, it's, President-elect Biden or the election's rigged and Trump should be the president and he should stay the president and he probably will be once all these court challenges happen. It's just – it's always this 50-50 bullshit 
And what it does at the end of the day is it just completely slows progress or, you know, progress grinds to a halt. And it's just infuriating that we can't have consensus on anything. Not, not even as simple as does a mask help or not. Yeah. So, you know, being, being in Los Angeles, um, and in a kind of, you know, progressive liberal type neighborhood, I don't really see much of the anti-masker stuff. And when we traveled to Arizona, you know, we've, <laughs> We, we took, we took, you know, first night there, we, we took an Uber out to, you know, pick up some food and, uh, you know, the, the guy just looks back at us and goes, you don't got to wear them fucking masks. <laughs> yeah. I've been in that same Uber, uh, many times here. We're like, no, it's okay. Like, we'll, you know, we'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll keep them on. But I, I, enc- I encountered that and I like, wasn't ready for it. I'm like, oh, this is how half of the country feels. They just, they feel like it's infringing on their freedom they 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 feel like it's a big government conspiracy anything they read that's science or fact based or you know em- empirical data based they just call it a conspiracy it's a hoax and they can call anything they want a hoax that's the scariest thing is like like oh like 1 plus 1 equals 2 like no it's a conspiracy it's a mathematical conspiracy and then there's a whole back there's a whole group to back them up somewhere in some dark corner of the internet and then they just take then they take it as fact and they just go with that their whole yeah. life like the yeah. you know like like you said, flat earthers, like it's mind blowing, man. It's I fear for this country terribly. Well, I think, it's, I think a lot of it has to do with just even real, I can't, I will say quote unquote real news. Uh, even the, you know, but it's fake. They also will do stuff for the clicks and for the, you know, they'll clickbait head, head headlines and all sorts of stuff. And they'll, they'll do articles that aren't necessarily real or true either. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's so weird that, it doesn't help that the polarization of, you know, the left side versus the right side or one side versus the other side with the, the president that we've had uh, for the last four years, you know, all of that stuff is just so polarized now. And I think a lot of people also just, they don't know, like I wear the mask. I mean, I wear masks at work cause I, I work for like an international kind of place. And so they are just really big on the mask. So like I wear it at work and I guess I didn't really mind wearing it to the show um, this past weekend, although I would prefer to like not wear a mask, you know, but I'm also in Florida and I've seen so many people not wear masks. It's, it's almost like man, maybe it's not an issue. I, you know what I mean? And it, I don't know. I just wear one to not be like a dickhead, I guess, but yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it, it doesn't really matter what you think about it. You know, it's just that, it, yeah, it's it's like the it's like the the unifying thing. I mean, people cannot get behind uh, a common uh, a common cause. They, they just they just can't. We're so fucking divided. It's just so upsetting. I mean, I I, I, I feel bad for people that maybe don't have the means to 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 really figure things out for themselves because it's so confusing reading all these different articles on the internet, there's so much information coming at you and then, and then the algorithm gets you and depending on what you believe, it'll just keep shoveling that shit down your throat. Mm-hmm. And I feel you know, bad for, you know, for like elderly people, for example, I remember, I forget he was telling me this or maybe it was just something I heard somewhere that, you know, someone's mom thought that Facebook was the internet. So they, they didn't realize that there was a whole internet and there were different web pages and, and whatever. They just thought like, Oh, I just, I load up the internet and it's, it's just, it's Facebook and every post of someone's like opinion, they're just like, Oh, well, so-and-so said that, you know, the moon landing was fake. And they just think they, they can't understand how to like, like actually put everything together. And, you know, even, even <laughs> it's, I mean, it's even, it's hard for fucking smart people. They, yeah. Like it, what shit, like, how do you process all this? It's not, na- it's, like, it's not natural. Like, I, like, of course we're divided. There's so much just there, there's no like unifying message about anything ever. No, nope, no. Nope. At least back in the day, you know, you had NBC, ABC, CBS, and you felt that there was some like this is what's going on and this is how it is. Walter Cronkite. Yeah, that was before my time, but whatever. Peter Jennings or Dan yeah. Tom Brokaw. Rather. You, know, you trusted those guys. And now it's just like. You don't know where to go, and but could you always could trust. You trust them back in the day too, or were they the only ones on TV at the time? See, so like this goes back I hear further what you're and saying, further. But it was never really like that, you know. Obviously, we didn't have the internet, but I just feel it's it, it, obviously you can't trust everyone, and, and the media has an agenda to some degree. But I feel it's just 
the pendulum has gone completely awry in the other direction where don't trust anything, um, distrust everything, mistrust everything, and don't believe anything. Um, and we get nowhere. Nobody believes anything. It's fake. They can just call out fake news if they don't like something. You know, right. it's not that, oh, that's bad news. That's sad. It's, oh, it's fake. I don't like it, so it must be fake. It's just one big echo chamber has been, you know, as, as you were saying, if you want to hear something, regardless of what that opinion is, you want to find reinforcement for your own fucked up opinion. You're going to find it. And you're going to find it on 50 websites or 100 websites, and then you're going to share it and you're going to retweet it, et cetera, et cetera. And we just have this amoeba of disparate thoughts. Some are so ridiculous, but people think they're logical because there's 10,000 other people on the internet that seem to share that same opinion. And it's just, it never ends. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, this, no, it's okay. Uh, I mean, it gets me all, funny. let's go, let's go back to the one thing that can bring us all together. And that's music. Killer be um, killed. <laughs> so you got that, you got that album coming this out. Friday. Yes, Nuclear blast. Say it. Say Nuclear it. Blast. Sell it. Well, um, all right. So we know that's happening. Um, I guess I heard that Convert has written an album, but not recorded an album. Is that accurate? Not, not necessarily, but I, I don't think I'm at liberty to say, but okay. th- there, is a lot of, there is a lot of material brewing, and it is going to be worked on soon. So I can't say that. Okay, say- yeah, I'm not going to hit you up for a date, but uh, you know, <laughs> what day are you guys going to the studio? But are you guys, do you guys have to, uh, are you waiting for, um, you know, the pandemic to sort of die down or you guys just have a schedule and you're sticking to it regardless of what happens? No, I mean, um, I, I, I do have plans to, to, uh, fly out to the studio and, you know, you know, get, get tested and all that and get in the studio and, and, and track some stuff. So I should be doing that in the next, in the next few months and, and we're going to get the ball rolling and hopefully with Mutoid Man as well. And uh, okay. I have a couple other cool projects too um, coming down the pipe. I assume you, when you say flying a studio, it'll be Kurt. You're not, you're not dumping that guy, right? And going with um, Steve Evans or uh, Steve nope. Austin. Oh. <laughs> nope, not Steve Austin. Still, yep, still Kurt. Still God City. Okay. Is there That's a reason good. why um, – I know you guys – I know uh, Killer Be Kill didn't use Kurt – for the first album, but is there any particular reason why you got collectively, I guess you guys decided not to go with Kurt and go with uh, who you went with? Yeah. It's too expensive. (laughs) Well, uh, KBK did their first record with, um, with Josh Wilbur and they were really, they were really happy with, with, with the album and uh, you know, they, they got, they got on really well with him. And so they, you know, we all just decided that, that he would do the second album as well. And um, I'm really glad we did because, uh, he's, he's got a great ear. He's a great, great engineer, great producer. You know, he's, he's like the full package and makes the record sound amazing. Uh, you know, we have similar, similar musical references, which actually goes a long way. Like, um, you know, we we're tracking one song and, and I was like, uh, you trying to figure out a drum fill and, um, and ended up doing this drum fill from Snapcase caboose, which is oh. Pretty obscure for an most. iconic hardcore song. Yeah, just like he's like, yeah, fucking snapcase caboose. I'm like, yes. And oh, right at the uh, right at the beginning there. Yeah, first fill. Speaking yeah, of, it into my head now. Speaking of Saint Anger snare, there's there's the original Saint Anger snare on that record. <laughs> See, but the Saint Anger snare kind of sucked. But the snapcase uh, uh, progression through unlearning snare that was badass. Dude, that record still slaps. It's Absolutely. But yeah, you and, know. How- Having those like the same like musical references is is really important. And, um, yeah, it just I'm I'm really happy with the way you know we could work together and how it turned out. So yeah, couldn't couldn't be happier with Josh. He did a great job. Cool, nice. And uh, um, the uh, let's see, we're in 2020, so hopefully we'll get a new Converge album in 2021. Can you can you promise that? I cannot promise anything because who knows we might be locked down in in two months again. You know, it's it's really hard. You know, I've already had to reschedule because of uh, you know various life things. So who knows? And that, and that's the problem right now. It's like there's no there's no goalpost, man. Like I, it's not like oh in November 2021 you can go on tour again. Everything's everything's going to be great. So that that's that's really is that, 
is that a stipulation for you guys? Do you have to be able to tour to support? I know like every time I die has had their record, you know, on in the can, but just shelved indefinitely until they can tour. Is that, Killing is that, a, that. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think at this point we're, we're just ready to sort of get on with it. You know, we've been waiting around for, for like eight months or so. And, and, uh, at least I'm now in the mindset where like, I just, I just want to, you know, go out and, you know, safely do things and, and be productive, you know, just for, for, for my, men, for my, men, my mental health, honestly, I mean, going out to Phoenix with the KBK guys and shooting videos, it was like the first thing I had done in a really long time. And, you know, you, you need that, you need that motivation, you need that, the, the human connection and you need to feel productive. And I, without that, you're just going to send yourself down a, down a bad spiral, down a bad path. And I'm just sure. ready. I'm just ready to, to, to do what I can. And, you know, the recording process and production process takes so long that, you know, if we start on something now, you know, chances are it'll be, you know, another year before it actually comes out. So you may, even if you're just going to, if you decide to sit on it, you know, you may as well just, just, just get in there and, and get it done, you know, safe, safely. That's true. Will there be a new Converge album before you have your fourth child? Um, <laughs> yes, because I don't, I don't, I do not plan on having a fourth child. I was no. going to say, stop now, man. We could, yeah, hey, but the lockdowns, the, a lockdown <laughs> yeah. could be approaching, so you never know. Uh, and be winter, safe, ben. winter, be and safe lockdown. during this lockdown. Yes, you too. <laughs> Get surgery. That, that's well, I guess is that considered surgery? I don't know if it is or not, but that that's that's the safest I would approach. Consider, I would consider vasectomy surgery. Well, I had it done, but yeah, I guess that was pretty rough. That's the only surgery I've ever had. Then technically. Speaking of surgery, so your your arm is like your elbow is completely like you don't even know you broke it, or is it still clicks every now and then? You know, <laughs> no, yeah, it, it it definitely clicks, and um, it, it still it still gets sore, not not nearly as much as before, but um, it's the it's definitely there, and I I, I just think it's going to sort of be this you know annoying spot for the rest of my life, which is fine because. I don't really notice it anymore. Um, for a while when I was trying to play drums, I would have to stop because, you know, it would just be like shooting pain, but it's, it's so like sort of mild and I guess I'm just used to it. So it is, it is fully healed and it's, it's pretty much like a normal arm again, just, to, you know, annoying, annoying pain here and there. Like I can't, I can't really do like push ups and certain, certain exercises, but for, for, for the most part, I'm, I'm good. I'm good to go. You know, it's very irresponsible of you as a drummer to break your elbow. I know. I hope you got a. I hope you got a stern lecture from your eighty-five various bandmates that that was probably not a wise move. I know this what freak accident. Have you ever revealed the freak accident? Oh yeah, for sure. I, I was um I, I was hiking in uh back back in upstate New York, and it was in the winter, and so I I, I slipped on a patch of black ice. Didn't even see it. It was underneath some leaves, and okay. I, my feet just came right out from under me, and all my weight went right on that elbow. Sucked. That definitely is freakish. All right. I probably should have done some research. <laughs> I was just reading this Lambgo comment. On it. Oh, what freak accident caused the broken elbow? Maybe he was domestically abusing his wife or a random attack on a stranger on the subway, or maybe his drug dealer shorted him. But let's all blindly donate to the cause. There we go. There we go. Typical uh, but the comment after it, I like, this is the saddest day. Oh, uh, yeah. No, non-converged fans aren't going to fucking look at that. But then someone did say, I agree we could be throwing money at someone who's deep down a really bad dude, but he also could have injured his elbow while helping an elderly woman cross the street, throwing out the trash while volunteering at a soup kitchen, or rescuing a helpless kitten from a sewer drain. I guess we'll never know. You see, but like- now we know you slipped on... You know, a patch of black ice. Well, that you like, like we said before, there can always be some grand conspiracy. Like I, I could have, you know, just drawn on the scar, and I could have, doctored, I could have doctored those X rays that I posted. You know, maybe it never happened. The internet. Maybe, uh, was, we can we can go to Fiverr on we can go to Fiverr and just you know hire anyone to do anything. So yeah, maybe I would, release your tax returns, Ben <laughs> Kohler. I was so de- I was so desperate to to sit on my ass for four months at home while I recovered that I faked a broken elbow. Yeah. That's what, that's what happened. <laughs> All right, we'll go with that. I'll have a news article up on that tomorrow. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, take that right out of context. There you go. <laughs> I'm good at that. No, I'm just kidding. There's no fake news on Lambda. Damn it. 
Anyway, uh, it's a little after eight. I know you've got, you know, lots of children and things to do. So I don't, don't want to be respect. I don't want to waste your time or be disrespectful of your time. Um, I think we've plugged. Well, there's really only one thing to plug right now. And that's Kill or Be Killed. Uh, new album, Friday. Buy it. Or, yeah, buy it. Digital. Vi- I'm assuming you get vinyl and is it on cassette? No cassette. Do I don't do that. Think. Yeah, we got a, we got a bunch of merch. You know, we got rare vinyl. We got shirts. We got all the stuff. Killerbekilled.com. Get the bundle. Just get the bundle. Yes. Get the bundle. I got I got a bundle. The uh, between the beard and me, I got a couple of those bundles. They remastered them all. Um, that I, doesn't help Ben, dude. No, I know, but I support yeah, the music scene. <laughs> yes, yeah, support. Right, well. Yeah, go go directly to the artist page or whatever, and yeah, buy buy the hard goods. Don't yeah, just stream. Of course. Um, so Max doesn't take all the money. You guys actually see a little money from that. Well, he he takes all the money, and then he he gives us a he gives us an allowance. And when we do chores, <laughs> when we do chores, he gives us like like ten dollars for taking out the garbage. And yeah, that he seems he, about right. That's he good. treats us he treats us very well. Yeah, it, it instills well, value, good. and you know, it instills value in what you're doing. You know, reward exactly. system. Exactly. Well, he's got all that chaos AD money still coming in, probably. So 90. that's something. He's got that 90s money. I missed out on the 90s money. Yeah. I, came, I came in a little too late. Right. Every musician I talk to, you know, that, again, is of a certain age. It's just like, uh, or under a certain age. It's like, yeah, you, if Converge had been 10 years earlier, you know, even, you know, selling 50 to 100,000 albums, you know, you'd be, you would have been doing all right. And everybody just got screwed, man. Dude, I'd have that Jane Doe custom Cadillac. I'd be fucking... <laughs> <laughs> I'd be set, man. How many of yeah, those do you think uh, are in existence? I'm sure there's a Jane, Jane Doe Cadillac out there. Gotta be. Gotta, gotta be. be. Do you want to buy an original Jane Doe print signed by <laughs> this guy, Jacob? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hit me up in the DMs. Like, <laughs> so before That's the we, one thing I'm not selling. Before we let you go, I have to know. Do you? I got the neurosis. I got this one over here. Oh, sweet. Yeah. That, that's a nice looking piece. Yeah. yeah. He's got a lot of nice. I mean, he sells a bunch of prints now, still, all, and a lot of them are really fucking cool. Um, what's your favorite Converge record? And you can you can throw nostalgia out and just whatever you prefer. I think. Well, my favorite drumming record is No Heroes, and I think my favorite overall is probably Axe to Fall. Cool. That yeah. makes sense. You could have really messed with people if you had said like when forever comes crashing or something. Well, as a fan, as a fan, <laughs> it might be leaning towards that because that, you know, that's what I got into before I joined the band and I was well, that's true. I was obsessed with it. So I mean you could you could argue that maybe that's my favorite as a fan. You heard it here, folks. Go buy when forever comes crashing so Ben gets absolutely nothing. <laughs> and and the, demo, the demo that sounds like biohazard, that's my that's probably my favorite. The demo that sounds like Biohazard. Yeah, see, I, I, I haven't find, heard that. I think it's on which, YouTube. Which Biohazard album? I don't know. I fucking hate Biohazard. <laughs> uh, well, see, when I was in high school, um, Urban Discipline, that was my jam. But yeah, I listen to it now and it's like, ugh. cringe. I did like, their judge, I like the Judgment Night song. That, that was sick. <laughs> that album was pretty cool. Fuck I it. still listen to, you know, Helmet and uh, what's his name? House of Pain. Oh, Helmet House of Pain. Yeah, Ice-T and Slayer. That's right. Yes, Ice-T and Slayer and Booyah Tribe and Faith No More, whoever the hell Booyah Tribe are. I don't We're know. We're trying to get Ice on the, on the podcast. I've been tweeting him and emailing his publicist for months now. <laughs> uh, he's a big deal, man. I know. What's your favorite uh, Converge album, Alex? Is it Jane Doe, like everybody else? It's, it's got to be Jane Doe, just because sort of a, a time and place thing. I get it. Um, if you had to throw nostalgia away though, is it still the same? It's still the same record. It's still Jane Doe, but, um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I gotta go with Jane Doe, but I, I realize that's a really cliche to answer. I just, you know, I think, but mo- for, for the biggest reason is just, it was just, I don't know. It's just, I think I spent more time with that album than any Converge album. And I think that was part of it. At that time of my life, I just spent so much time driving around and listening to that album. And I didn't, I didn't necessarily um, give that kind of focus to any really album I can remember that came after that. And it wasn't, it just a circumstance thing. 
having yeah. a busy life and not being able to listen to this or there's too many things to listen to. But for whatever reason, I had so much time to spend with that album. But um, strangely, Phoenix and Flight is like my favorite song on the album, which is sort of the non-converge-esque track on there. Um, I don't awesome. know why. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Mine's you fail. Well, me, so I just want to throw that out there. Okay. Well, yeah. You know, you fail me. That probably would be my second choice if I had to be honest. Um, I got into it more than Jane Doe. I I just got into it a little bit more. It's like a groove. To me, it's a groovier record. And it could be the way that it sounds and the way that it was mixed. The production is certainly better than um, Jane Doe. But that's part of the appeal of Jane Doe, I guess. Um, Recording in a tin can. Yeah. Oh, well. In any case. I guess that's about it. You have anything, uh, anything else you want to plug beyond kill or be killed? Any, I don't uh, know what else. Yeah. Polar has going on. All my 50,000 bands C- converge mutoid band. All, all pigs must die. Kill or be killed. Uh, two minutes to late night. We got a bunch of new videos coming right. out. So yeah, check I, out. I meant to say that earlier that that's such a cool little project. And it's so cool that you guys have an array of people that join you on that, on that. I meant to say that earlier when you brought it up, so I just wanted to get yeah, in there before. Yeah, we got. I'm, I'm doing a few more pretty soon, so that's gonna be awesome. Oh, and um, I, I do have a new drumming show called The Beat Off, but um, we, you know, we we haven't been doing too much lately. We've, we've been so busy with just other bands and family and stuff, but uh, we should have some new stuff from The Beat Off soon too. It's with my friend Jared Shavelson, another great drummer. Plays for Seal, The Bronx. Oh, Boy Sets Fire. Great drummer, and we have a little uh, drum-like streaming type show we do. So it's crazy Wait, to like hear about Seal. Yeah. Seal, the pop artist Seal. Fucking oh. Seal, yeah. Kiss from a rose, bro. <laughs> I'm never gonna survive. <laughs> fuck yeah, Seal. Unless we, are, yeah, fuck yeah, a little well, crazy. That's pretty cool. Well, you had Seal. you had a little time to listen to Seal back in the day. It looks like too, Alex. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> not intentionally, but hey, I respect Seal, and I'm sure Seal loves Converge. So it's probably like a mutual thing. I kinda, cool. I'm kind of wondering now if Seal has ever heard the Bronx because I would I would assume that he's like, hey, yeah, uh, you want to hear my other band? <laughs> no, nah, I don't think you bug Seal with that kind of stuff. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll ask him. <laughs> All right. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, is that like a YouTube thing? That show? Yeah, yeah you, YouTube, and we we do a little on Instagram and and, and Twitter. But um, we've just we've been working on the back end of things so much since we started it, that that takes up so much of our time. And, uh, you know, we had planned to have other drummers in the studio with us and, to, you know, to have, you know, camera people and everyone like a crew. And when COVID hit, it's like, oh, we're kind of just on our own now. And there's only so much we can do, just the two of us. So, you know, it definitely slowed things down quite a bit. But um, hopefully in, in the near future, we'll be ramping that up again. Well, I went to your YouTube channel today and you don't post a lot. You got to post more, man. You're leaving some money on the table there. Yeah, it's because we've been doing a lot of like like live stuff. Like we'll just do like Instagram live or YouTube live. And um, actually, I did one and it got taken down for copyright infringements because <laughs> I, I was playing along with like random songs on my iPad. It's like, oh, I'm going to play a Blondie song and then it gets flagged and taken that down. That is the problem. That is the we're problem. Still, we're still learning. This yeah. is all. It's all new territory for us. You know? got to get your own domain and own hosting and then, you know, uh, maybe a paywall. That's right. Well, we need Sounds a, like we need a lot of work, dude. We need a suit. That's the problem. We need, we need our business guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't you, doesn't Converge have like a super attorney or something? Uh, we, we do. We do have an attorney. Yeah. And, and accountants and all that bullshit. But, um, but you got to pay him. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. And you, and you got to make money to pay somebody. So that's the problem. Mm. Yeah, and you got to make a lot of money to pay a good lawyer. Yeah, that's Dang. a problem for everyone except <laughs> Max Cavalera. That's that's correct. <laughs> I want to say you guys never brought up Soulfly. You always kept referring to him as Sepultura, but uh, well, he did true. spend a good mean, chunk of time in Soulfly. <laughs> first Soulfly album. I mean, that was pretty cool. I think I yeah I saw them too, uh, and I saw Sepultura uh, back. You know the original Sepultura, but yeah, I mean. You put Soulfly and Sepultura next to each other, and you kind of got two different crowds there. But I think for the, or at least there's some overlap for sure. But One you know, for the, metal, the yeah. older metalheads, you know, Sepultura will always take the cake. Yeah, and so Cavalera Conspiracy and Nail Bomb, and yeah, he's he's got he's got a lot of going on. I got a Nail Bomb cassette right over here. So yeah, he's 
done lots of great things, but you're right, Dave. Thanks for bringing up Soulfly. <laughs> I had to throw yeah. a new metal band in there, man. You, you know what I mean? Of course. Eye for an eye. That's my jam. Yep. Nice. Nice. All well, right, Ben. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you want to wrap it up a little bit, cut them loose? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, we've already uh, impinged on his. Oh, you're in California, so it's like dinner time and shit. I know. I've got to get some chat. Well, it was very nice chatting with you guys. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. For sure. Really appreciate it, man. I'll, uh, I'll bug you on, t- or I'll post some I love Trump stuff on Twitter so I can like reply and get yeah. you to hate me the way that Chris from Trapped hates me. I'll get my QAnon uh, theories together and I'll, I'll do <laughs> yeah, some posting. The next one we have to do, you know, as uh, whenever Converge gets ready to record or, or or to release their next album, we'll have to get you on some kind of like weird Stefan uh, p- kind of podcast. Talk about Kim Trails. Talk yeah, about dude. Flat Earth, all that. Just weird go shit. off with of some real controversial <laughs> shit. You know how to sell some records. Yeah, let's let, let let's go deep. You know, there's a conspiracy theory that that Jake actually died in '98. And we replaced him with someone else. Well, well it's like hologram Paul, technology. New, our yeah. generation's Paul McCartney. Like Paul, he's the or Paul McCartney. Yeah, uh, I, we could go with that. All right, we'll we'll think it. up some more in that in that uh, vein, and that sounds perfect. So, when the new Converge comes, 2022, 2023. Hopefully 2021, hint, hint. Be patient, it's coming. Maybe we'll put out a greatest hits before then. <laughs> <laughs> or like a single or two, awesome. a new single or two. You know what I mean? You got you got a while until probably everything flexi. settles down. Flexi, a flexi or a single. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll we'll be waiting for that, man. But thank you so much. And uh, I'm sure I'll see you around online. Hell yeah. yeah. Go back and read. Go back and read some comments, you know, to feel like shittier about yourself. I, I will. I will. Yeah, I'll, 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 <laughs> All see right. you guys, I'll see you guys on the internets. All right. Later. Sounds man. good. Thanks, Ben. Okay. Later, y'all. Later. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there.